Welcome to the first episode of Planet Watch. This is a show that we have um, decided to start doing um, here with Radio Harambe. It is a short show. I hope it'll be only 10 to 15 minutes, and I hope to put it out maybe once a month or so. It stems from the desire that uh, Dave and I have been talking about recently of trying to do more conservation um, issues on the Radio Harambe show, the main show. And um, as many of you longtime listeners probably recall, I used to travel around the globe and we would sort of intro the show with a little tidbit about conservation in a specific animal or a specific place. Well, we're sort of taking that idea, and a, a listener gave us the brilliant idea of doing this sort of short little satellite show to go through basically an, an issue of conservation, whether it be an animal or some other more uh, wide-ranging issue related to Disney's Animal Kingdom or perhaps Disney's Conservation Fund. Um, and at the end of this, I will give you a couple of organizations that are dedicated to helping these animals or addressing these issues um the first episode that i'm going to do is about pandas and why pandas you probably ask since there are no pandas in disney's animal kingdom but i'm sure long-time listeners of radio harambe or even short-time listeners of radio harambe know that we talk about giant pandas and even red pandas an awful lot on the show Dave has long uh, been an advocate of bringing giant pandas to Disney's Animal Kingdom, and I have long been a a naysayer to such a thing. Now, of course, we have all seen giant pandas. They are, um, however, only seen in four zoos. Most of us have only seen them on television or in movies, such as the recently released Disney Nature's uh, Born in China. The four zoos in question are, of course, the uh, Smithsonian National Zoo, which has had them since the mid-70s, and um, the three other zoos are in Memphis, Zoo Atlanta, and San Diego out in California. The first panda, giant panda, actually came to the United States in 1936 and was in Chicago. However, it was not for another 50 years until President Richard Nixon traded a pair of musk oxen to China for a pair of uh, giant pandas. And ever since then, giant pandas have been found at the National Zoo. You can also see, by the way, giant pandas and those four uh, zoos that I discussed often have a lot of good information about pandas and panda uh, conservation. But they also often have panda cams, so you can see what the pandas are doing um, at any given moment. Anyway, the panda is the rarest of the bear family. There are only about 1,900 bears in the wild, and they are found only in the bamboo forests of western China. The giant panda is very specialized. 99% of its diet is bamboo. And because the bamboo has very little nutritional value, and a giant panda has the stomach of a carnivore, it eats about 25 to up to 85 pounds of bamboo in a day. Because there's such a low nutritional value to bamboo, the um, giant panda is a very low energy, very sedentary uh, animal. And if you ever do see one in zoos, chances are you're going to be seeing it sleeping. Now, the panda itself is adapted to eating bamboo. It has a flexible enlarged wrist bone that acts almost like a thumb. So it essentially has six fingers. 
but the fact that it's so specialized and that it only eats bamboo and that it only um it has a specialized wrist and all this kind of stuff could actually be the downfall of the giant panda itself it is considered maybe an evolutionary dead end and in the history of the world in the history of flora and fauna when an when an animal or or even a plant species becomes so specialized it often does not ha does not last long things change bamboo forests could die out because of climate change or in the case of today um, habitat destruction by um, the Chinese government now some scientists feel that breeding the giant panda that they do is pointless and a waste of money some scientists hold that there isn't even enough habitat left in China to to really house a viable population of pandas and that the hundreds of millions of dollars we have spent in over the last decades trying to save the giant panda should have been spent on other things but other argue other people argue that the preserves and in china there are 50 different preserves dedicated to protecting the, the giant panda doesn't just protect the giant panda those preserves also have a w wide range of often endangered animals like golden monkeys like tackens like various pheasants now the giant panda is a big animal it can weigh up to 330 pounds but when born they are only one nine hundredth of that size baby pandas are smaller than a stick of butter and they're very vulnerable they're hairless blind rely exclusively on their parents and the breeding of pandas and another issue for them of giant pandas is that it's rare and it's not only really successful female pandas for some reason only ovulate once a year and they're only fertile for two or three days per that year pandas are unusual in some other aspects they use spatial memory more than they use visual memory spatial memory is a memory that is associated with locations the forest where a tree is and all that kind of stuff as opposed to visual memory which is the memory of shapes they do however play a cru crucial role in the western china they play a big role in spreading the seeds of pandas of a bamboo that they eat goes of course through the gut of a panda and in their feces plant new seeds there are some threats to the panda for the longest time poaching was a real major threat but this now is highly restricted by the Chinese government as they are trying to protect the panda which they now deem as a major national resource and as I said before that there are 50 panda reserves in China and that protects about 60% of that 1900 animals that I talked about before. However, the animals themselves are at the heart of the or the economic heart of the China, the most populated country in the world. There are a lot of roads, a lot of timber companies, all of that going on in that area. Now, giant pandas aren't the only things that are called pandas. You've probably heard of the red panda, and that is has like a bear-like body but it's now considered more closely related to the raccoon than pandas or bears they however are in the same infra order of bear as bears weasels and pinnipeds which are seals and sea lions but uh, unlike bears and unlike weasels and stuff they are their own family they have a bushy trail a bushy tail and reddish brown fur and that bushy tail is good to balance in trees they are arboreal in nature that is they spend almost their entire lives in the trees and they're quite acrobatic in the trees they also use the um bushy tail for cover and warmth in the winter and like you'll sometimes see with uh, big cats 
Oh, they have bushy tails like the snow leopard. When they curl up, they will use that tail to cover their face and cover themselves in the cold weather. The reddish brown fur, which you wouldn't think this, and also gives them the name Firefox, um, is actually good camouflage. They live in the branches of fir trees, for the most part, in China and in uh, the west eastern Himalayans. And these uh, trees typically have reddish brown moss. Now, as I said, the eastern Himalayas are the home of the red panda. And these high forests from Nepal west through China and even in northern Myanmar. Unlike giant pandas that have about 1,900 animals in the wild, there are about 10,000 spe- uh, wild red pandas. They eat mostly plants, especially bamboo, and like their distant cousins, the giant panda, they are their specialists in bamboo. However, red panda's diet is about 85%, not over 99% bamboo like the giant panda. Their much more diverse um, diet includes grasses, insects, roots, and even some red pandas have been known to kill and eat small birds. At zoos, they'll eat mostly bamboo, but they do mix that with fruits and biscuits, and they will eat 13 hours a day. And as I discussed before, bamboo is not a very nutritious uh, diet. Oddly enough, a study was shown that red pandas actually love artificial sweeteners and are the only animals known to be able to taste aspartame besides old world monkeys, apes, and well, of course, humans. And unlike pandas, poaching is still a real problem of the red panda. They are poached in China and Myanmar for its reddish, beautiful reddish coat. Red panda hats apparently are a thing in some parts of Asia. And that beautiful coat is has coarse fur, but it is not the only coat that a red panda has. They actually have a soft, woolly inner coat, which is you then these two layers of fur actually protected in the cold weather. Also, like its cousin, they have a modified wrist bone that can help them grasp bamboo. And this is something that's called divergent evolution. Two species eventually Um, evolving to have the same type of adaptation for the same type of thing. Also, their ankles are very flexible. The tibia and fibula are attached in such a way that lets the fibula rotate, allowing the animal to climb down a tree headfirst. And you'll actually see sometimes in the zoo a a red panda going down a tree headfirst. In the wild, they are solitary animals with about one animal per square mile. Now, I want to talk a little bit about some of the places that you can go as a listener to learn a little bit more about these two amazing animals. The first is the World Wildlife Fund, and go to worldwildlife.org. They've been around forever, since 1967, and they are doing many things to help the giant panda, including attempting to build green corridors. Now, I have mentioned before that there are about 50 reserves dedicated to pandas. However, these are isolated. So imagine, if you will, a park and all around it is, you know, people and buildings and things like that. In order to link these parks and create uh, less isolation in the genetic population, the World Wildlife Fund is attempting to build green corridors to let these pandas link up. They also help with research as well as patrolling to stop uh, illegal hunting. Now for the red panda, I I recommend you go to the redpandanetwork.org. They're involved in numerous things, such as research and education um, locally for the red panda. They've actually identified an area of Nepal where a large number of red red pandas live, and they're very active in the grassroots conservation as well as education program, and they dedicate some time to research as well. So I recommend that you go take a look at both of those things. They're 
they provide a lot of information about both giant pandas and red pandas and i hope you learned a little bit about um, what's going on with both giant pandas and red pandas now i as i said earlier i plan to do maybe one of these a month just a short 10 minute uh episode and i ask for your suggestions you can either reach me on twitter at johnboreveryone.com or email us at the website johnboreveryone at gmail.com thank you and have a good time Thank you.